Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. This is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. We have two special guests on the show today for our uh, April uh, 20th show, 2020. Uh, Deedon Brozino and Dario Soto, uh, two very good friends and very well-respected sports uh, professionals uh, here in Los Angeles. And um, I'm going to turn it over to uh, Deedon to introduce himself, who's uh, now a veteran on the show, his second time. And then uh, we're going to have uh, Dario after that uh, give a little background on themselves, and then uh, we'll get into some uh, topics with, to, for today, which is essentially when is sports coming back? Thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate you uh, you having me back on. Dario, how's it going? Um, miss you guys. Uh, wish we could get together and do this in person, but um, definitely unique times. And, and Jeremy, thanks for your do- what, what you're doing in the industry to keep everybody moving and give some, some good content that's relevant for us all to listen to. We, we appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm Deedon. I'm the Chief Development Officer at the Rose Bowl Stadium, um, National Historic Landmark Stadium in Pasadena, California. Host of five Super Bowls, two Olympic Games, two World Cups, um, another Olympic game coming in 2028 with potentially another World Cup in 26. Um, we're currently the only stadium in the world to have two of each of those, and we're about to have our third. So really excited about that. Uh, and then, of course, everybody knows us as the host of the Granddaddy of the Mall on January 1st, which is the oldest bowl game, college football bowl game, in, uh, in the history of the sport. So, you know, unique times for us at the Rose Bowl Stadium. We're, we're very fortunate to have the profile that we have and the brand that we have. Uh, but we're, we're monitoring the situation very closely from a brand standpoint, but also, you know, the, the dynamic uh, uh, and the expectation societally that's probably going to change our world a little bit in the short term at the very least um, and potentially long term that could have significant impact on, on our major and minor events. So I'm um, really excited to be back, Jeremy. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Keaton. How about you, Dario? Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me uh, on the show tonight. First, first time on the show, so I appreciate you inviting uh, me. So, you know, I, I manage sponsorships at Herbalife, manage our global sponsorships, work with over more than uh, 200 um, teams and athletes that we work with, and also a, a professor at Long Beach State, like, like you two guys, um, where we get to teach a lot of uh, up-and-coming uh, rising stars in the industry. But yeah, these, these, are, these are tough times for everyone. You know, we're trying to figure out how to get, you know, how to get content right now, and, and content is king right now since there's no sports. So a lot of these teams and athletes are trying to figure out um, what to do with their time, right? What, what to do um, commercially with their partners. A lot of these teams don't want to lose those sponsors. So they're trying to give that um, kind of that extra value right now. So we're in a unique situation right now, but um, you know, um, with the unique situation, I think there's a lot of opportunity. And Jeremy, hey, congrats again on, uh, you know, making the cover of the Los Angeles Lawyers <laughs> Magazine. No, thanks, Dario. I knew that was going to come in at some point in here. Hey, it's oh, been, man. It's, it's a big deal, man. Congratulations. We're happy for you. No, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, all right. Thanks for that, Dario. Thanks, Deedon. So, um, let's sort of uh, get into some of the questions and some of the stuff that uh, is sort of going on in, uh, in the sports industry and sort of what are your guys' thoughts on sort of when sports might return and and maybe some of that is hopeful, but maybe some of that is also, um, you know, maybe what the government's been saying, at least here in California. So maybe Dean, let's start with you. And then Dario, let's go to you. 
Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, personally, I, I hope it returns yesterday. You know, um, I, I think when you, when you look at major disasters and natural disasters and things that have really impacted society um, on a deep, deep level, professionally and, and personally for, for citizens, um, it's always been sports that has brought us back. You know, you look at 9-11 or Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans and, and how, how, how those fans responded on that Monday night football game in New Orleans, you know, against the Falcons and, and on the block punt. I mean, there, there's iconic moments that come out of, uh, out of these trying times as a society. And when you, when you connect the dots um, to what really reinvigorated the confidence that society should have and, and got them back on their feet, a lot of it has to do with sports and entertainment. So personally, I, I hope it comes back as soon as it possibly can. Uh, from a professional standpoint, you know, we're, we're, we're doing the same that you guys are doing. We're, we're closely monitoring the leadership of our, our national, state, regional, and, and, and local government officials. And, and there's varying opinions out there, whether it's based on herd immunity or vaccinations. Um, you know, it, it, there, we're going to have to get back to work and back in action at some point. Um, but for, for us at the Rose Bowl, it remains to be seen. Um, you know, we're prepared for a July 1st open date where we can open our gates and host major minor events again. But we've also heard dates um, in, in the August, September range, which, you know, you, you all and, and all the listeners out there are familiar with the debate going on throughout intercollegiate athletics with the start of college football season and how that impacts Title IX and, and the, the smaller sports that, that typically feed off of the, the mass revenues that college football programs um, get, give to those departments around the country. So, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're not in, in position A right now at the Rose Bowl because we had to close our gates around mid-March just like everybody else um, in the sports entertainment world. And, and for us, that, that has significant revenue loss attached to it. So you know, we're hoping we can be back in business and, and um, adjust to the new normal as, as quickly as we possibly can. And um, hopefully that, that starts sooner than later with, with a full football season slate ahead of us. Cool. Thanks, Dean. How about you, Dario? What are your thoughts? Yeah, like, like Dean said, on, on a personal level, you know, I hope it comes back today, right? Uh, a lot of the reason, you know, we all got into this industry was because we love sports, we love watching sports. It, it, it's a great um, entertainment. I think it brings the country together, it brings people together. So, you know, on a personal level, I'm hoping it starts as soon as possible. Now, on a professional level, um, you know, it, it's kind of looking like it's going to take time, right? It, it's going to take time for um, these leagues to get up and, and running again. Yesterday, I had a, a conversation with, with an athlete and who's, you know, kind of in the middle of a season. And I asked him, like, hey, you know, when, when do you expect us to come back or when do you want it co to come back? And, you know, he said, you know, as soon as possible, but we still need three to four weeks to prepare, to train. I mean, these guys, you could only lift so much. You could only, um, you could only go to the gym. You could only do these exercises by yourself for so long. So, you know, these guys are going to take three to four weeks. So, you know, it, I, I see it. I, I don't see anything coming back till at least um, July and, and that might be conservative, but um, look, a lot of these companies um, are looking to that, that rely on sports are looking for something to happen. So I'm sure there'll be, there'll be some pressure there, but um, yeah, I, I don't see it coming back till, till July. Um, a lot of these athletes need, you know, need this time to prepare and get ready. Um, you know, you can't just like flip a switch and say, Hey, all right, let's start the season, but July hoping for sooner, but um, what, what I do know is, is when sports get up and going again, it's going to be, um, it's, it's going to be great. You know, there's going to be so much um, attention um, on these sports. And I think we're set for like a, a, an exciting September, October. 
Agreed. That's a really good point. And I want to come back to both you guys later on with regard to sort of whether sports needed to be delayed and, and some of the plans that some of the leagues are looking at in terms of getting sports back online online and what that might look like. But Deedon, let's start with you. What are some of the impacts that you've seen financially and sort of um, in any other way uh, that we've seen with the COVID-19 uh, on sports venues and brands? Well, the, the, the chief primary revenue line that, that these sports venues and organizations are losing is, is the fact that you, you can't host anything. So whether that's through licensing fees or, or concession revenues, parking revenues, ticket revenues, I mean, that, that's the big thing. And, and for a lot of organizations, the Rose Bowl included, those revenues trickle down to payment of debt service for prior capital improvements, payment of staff, payment of benefits. Um, so, you know, for us at the Rose Bowl, we're a municipality, we're owned by the city of Pasadena, um, and we operate the Rose Bowl Stadium and then a 36-hole golf course at Brookside Golf Club. And even, even on the golf side of things, closing a golf course this time of year with the beautiful sunshine and, and California weather, um, that's a major, major financial hit. And, and that's something that, un unfortunately, the specifics of I, I can't share the, the numbers on just yet because it, it's going to come, um, come to light in the next several weeks. But, you know, I, I think there, there's the, the traditional literal impact that the general non-discerning fan can, can identify. But I, I think the next level is also identifying the potential costs and possibly legal ramifications if if organizations and venues don't comply. And that's what is the short-term, long-term impact of these changes. You know, how do you get your ketchup and mustard for your hot dogs at the concession stand anymore? You know, what's the expectation of waiting in line to get in a venue and taking things out of your pocket, putting it back in your pocket, having other people touch them and, you know, standing back to back like you would in, in airport security, um, are buffet lines acceptable? How do you handle cash? And, you know, and of course, you know, sitting in a, in a venue and arena, you know, the three of us have, have gone to sporting events together and enjoyed Laker games and Kings games and things of that nature. You know, you score a goal or LeBron drops a, a dunk that, that, that finalizes a run and the other coach calls a timeout, you turn to your buddy and you slap my five and you're not even thinking about, you know, oh, I got to wash my hands now. I just slapped some random guy high five, you know, the Laker game. And, so I think, you know, as, as there, there's the literal financial ramifications of a venue or, or sports organization, but then there's also what's coming down the road in terms of how do venues adjust, you know, and you need money to adjust. It's not like you just snap your fingers and these changes happen and all of a sudden the condiment bar at the hot dog stand is in a different spot and it's protected. You know, there, there's, there's costs to do these capital improvements and these shifts in, you know, standard operating procedure. And if you don't shift, what's the general public expectation that, there's a potential legal issue or, or a liability issue for the organization going down the road if you don't make these changes or, you know, the, the patron views it as, as such. So um, I think for us, you know, we're dealing with the literal stuff right now at the Rose Bowl, but I think organizations and stadiums and venues um, around the globe, you know, this is going to turn, it's going to make them think a little bit differently. And, you know, for, for the, for the immediacy of this discussion, you know, who knows if it's a long-term change or we're going to get, slowly be able to ease ourselves back into normalcy at events, or if it's a short-term change until a vaccine is developed or in whenever that might be. So um, enough, enough stuff on the plate here with COVID-19 to make your head spin as a, as a venue or a sports organization for sure. Oh, thanks, Dean. How about you, Dario? What are your thoughts on sort of some of the uh, implications of COVID-19, uh, whether it be financial or even stress-wise or even towards sort of the 
I guess, the sort of common feeling of Americans and, and folks around the world? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're, I'll take it a, a different direction, but I think where you're going to see the impact is on, um, on player salaries and player deals. Um, I see this a lot in, in the soccer uh, transfer market and salary uh, salaries out there. Are they going to, are teams now willing, are teams, teams got hit financially as well, right? A lot of these uh, owners of teams have businesses in other industries who've got hit, who got hard hit financially. So are these guys going to spend that extra money on bringing in a player? Or are they going to be a little more conservative? I, I think one thing that it will do it's going to make teams, you know, in their scouting department, really, whether it's soccer or any other sport, really, you know, have to step up their game, right? I mean, they're going to have to get creative. You might see a lot more money ball um, than, than we usually see, but I think a lot of these teams are going to have to um, look at how much they're spending and, and, and kind of take a second look. I, I don't think you'll see a lot, of, um, a lot of these crazy contracts that you've seen in the past where teams will overpay for a player. I, I think um, that's where, where they'll be hurt. Now, a lot of these players making that much money, you know, they're not going to be impacted as much, but I think where you, where you will see it is more on the, on the lower level players. Um, a lot of the minimum salary guys, um, that's where it's going to hurt. And I think it trickles down to minor leagues and developmental leagues is where you'll see that hurt. But yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, uh, especially in soccer in, in this next transfer window, how much teams are, are going to, going to spend and, um, you may not see some of these traditional big uh, soccer teams uh, spend as much as they used to. Oh, thanks, Dario. And I guess just to put some numbers on this, and then we'll take a quick commercial break, is uh, there was an article this morning in The Hollywood Reporter, and it was talking about federal loans as part of the CARES Act. And now the total CARES Act was uh, the entire amount that was going to be granted or allowed was $349 billion dollars. $247 billion of that has already been committed to businesses. And $8 billion of that money went to the entertainment industry, uh, entertainment arts, information, uh, and recreation sector. So that obviously includes sports. I know uh, President Trump even mentioned potentially encouraging some sports businesses to uh, get Congress to um, have some write-offs for, for different sports expenses that had been exempted in a, or, or removed in a prior code. So I, I agree with you, both of you guys completely. And I think that um, it's going to be interesting how this plays out and how companies come back or how they pivot. But um, that being said, we'll take a quick commercial break and then uh, we'll be right back. Being Home with Hunker is a podcast where we visit with designers, artists, and creatives in the spaces that express and shape their identities, their homes. If you love design and decor, if you're curious about how people live, or if you've been transitioning or transforming your own home, you'll love these honest conversations. Join us weekly at Being Home with Hunker. Visit hunker.com forward slash podcast, where you can find, subscribe, and listen to the show. All right, folks, we're back. Uh, we love our sponsors, and uh, let's get back into it uh, with uh, Deedon. Rosino and Dario Soto. So what are your guys' thoughts, and start with you, Deedon, on the future of sports and entertainment post-COVID-19? Um, uh, and Dario talked a little bit about this, but what are your thoughts on this, Deedon? You know, you're, uh, you're obviously somebody that, um, you know, is uh, sort of at the, the top of the industry when we're talking about venues and, and sort of, um, you know, being innovative. 
and getting people into venues and, and putting on events and, and, and Dario, you as well. So uh, what are your thoughts on that, Deed, in terms of what, what the future looks like? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we talked about the financial pressures of, of adding and, and changing and pivoting um, some of the operational items that are associated with, with events of this nature. Um, I, I think there's also has to be a realistic expectation from the fan to, to the organization or the, or the venue, whatever it might be, because it's not, not everybody has a billionaire team owner that can make these changes overnight or, or they're supported by different sources of, of funding. But I, I think venues and people alike need to really re-engineer the way they, they look at one another and interact with one another. And um, whether that's, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of professional teams when, when they come back public, they're going to be giving away branded face masks with their team logos and, you know, really helping out um, to, to be a part of it, but try to have some fun with it as well. Because at the end of the day, sports entertainment is, is, is a necessity in society. It's, it's a break for all of us. Sports entertainment is one of the few things remaining in society that, that really brings people together, you know, Democrat, Republican, independent, atheist, re religious, whatever it might be. And we need that just as much as we need to, to get, you know, the economy back going and, and sports and entertainment is a big part of the economy as is indicated by, you know, the, the line item that was um, appropriated in the CARES Act, Jeremy, that you, that you talked about before the break. So I think, um, I think it needs to be a realistic um, dance and understanding between the patron and the organization that this stuff is not going to happen overnight, that we're all going to get through it together. And I, I do unfortunately think you're going to see, um, a tremendous dip in attendance at, at events because of, of people that um, have bought into the, the, a, a deeper level of COVID-19. I think there's several types of people out there in terms of, of how they, they judge the severity of the, the issues we're in with this pandemic. And some people think it, it's, it's doomsday and other people think it's a very manageable problem that can be recovered from um, fairly simplistically if we all work together and keep our, our minds pointed in the right direction. So I, I think we are going to see a dip in it because of the different um, mindsets that, that fans have and the different mindsets that organizations have. But for all intents and purposes, I, I think sports is going to be back and it's going to be stronger than ever. Um, if you look at the calendar that's shaping up for the end of this year, 2020, with the PGA Tour getting back online and potentially the NBA and Major League Baseball and, and college football and the Masters being in November and you know that, it, it gives me excitement. I know it does to you guys as well. And, and it's excitement that's unabated by any concern or worry whether I'm there or not or just watching on TV that it's going to be an awesome time and it's really going to give us this regeneration of um, of confidence that society needs so I think sports is going to feel a little bit of pain early on but when when people get back I think we're going to get back pretty quickly as organizations and fans both mutually adjust to the new normal. Oh, thanks Dave that's good stuff. Dario what about you what do you think about the future of entertainment, media, sports, and, and, and what we might be seeing going forward. Yeah, and I think Deedon touched upon it a, a little bit in, uh, yeah, you may see a dip in attendance, but these teams and, and stadiums are going to have to get a little creative on, on how they bring back fans um, slowly by little by little. Um, I think there's a great opportunity here for um, teams and, and stadiums to, you know, actually get, get to know their fans and, um, and cater to the fans. I, I think we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll really see like these stadiums and teams catering to the fans and um, realizing that, that, that the game is about the fans and the game is about bringing more 
people to the stadium and giving them that better in-game entertainment. I, I think that's where you'll see some changes where the in-game entertainment might be a little different. It'd be more catered to what the fans want. Um, it, it may be tough, you know, in, in the short term, but, but I think in the long term, um, the fans and, and the spectators are going to end up winning as, you know, these stadiums are now going to really cater to them and really kind of make this experience for them. So, you know, like I said, in the short term, it, it'll be tough, but long term, I think you'll see attendance um, go up little by little. Um, we'll, we'll be able to see the game in, in, in a different way, but um, I, I see, see this as a long term as like a win for the fans. Okay, cool. Thanks, Dario. And then for both you guys, last question uh, for today is, um, do, you, do you feel that sports sort of had to be stopped, I guess, as a first part? And then secondly, your thoughts on some of the league approaches that have been presented. One was by Major League Baseball, that games be played in geographic divisions where you have the Cactus League teams playing in Arizona in the spring training ballparks and in Chase Field of the Diamondbacks play. And then in Florida in the Grapefruit League, having those teams play there. There's even talk about potentially uh, having it in uh, games in Japan. Uh, there's been talk about uh, the Oakview group, which um, is uh, getting the NHL uh, team started up there in Seattle. Uh, they've talked about having sanit sanitation of facilities and what that might look like. And they're creating this whole new process. And then, of course, the Seattle Sounders have talked about, uh, of uh, MLS, of course, have talked about doing a test first approach. And this all coming on the heels of Adam Silver, the uh, NBA commissioner, who said that even prior to COVID-19, 99% of the fans were consuming the game digitally. They were not going to the games in person. So with all that information, Deedon, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on did sports have to be stopped because of this? And two, uh, what do you think of the ideas that have been presented about bringing sports back? Yeah, well, I think first and foremost, I mean, we're all very fortunate to live in a world that's getting more technologically advanced by the day. And, and we have access, re ready access to how we consume information, whether that's the news or live sports or movies or whatever it is. And, and um, you know, so I, I think, you know, this only that this, this stoppage only strengthened that aspect of our industry and the way people are are going to continue to consume things and and probably was a jolt in the arm for a lot of these professional sports leagues to better embrace the types of technologies that we're all using on a higher level during during the past four or five weeks. But you know, the three of us had, had the fortunate opportunity to kind of experience this in person together. You know, because we were all in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 basketball tournament when. Rudy Gobert, the news with Rudy Gobert broke, and, and he had tested positive. And, and um, yeah, I remember we went to the basketball game, we had dinner, and then the news broke at the dinner that the Pac-12 wasn't going to allow fans into the, the arena the next day. And, you know, it, it was fine. You know, the, the three of us were like, yeah, hey, that's great, no problem. We'll go to the sports book and we'll watch a bunch of games at one time. And, and literally the, ne the next morning, um, that's when all, all the conference tournaments started getting clocked out. And, um, you know, it was, it was really a lot of wind out of our sails. So I, I think the gut check reaction for, for us three as sports fans and sports professionals was, um, you know, it felt a little severe to me at the time personally. Um, but that being said, after letting it digest and now we're five weeks in, I think it absolutely needed to happen. Um, when you look at what happened over in Italy with the soccer match and, and the people being shoulder to shoulder and, 
not really knowing enough about this disease to, to understand how, how it was transmitted at the time. I mean, they, they point to that soccer match in Italy as being a potential flashpoint for, you know, the, the pandemic spreading in Italy the way it did. So I, I think it absolutely needs to be stopped. And, and I, I commend um, the, the, the organizations all over the country starting right at the top, not, not just with the professional organizations, but we were all gearing up for March Madness, which is one of the most exciting times of the year. And for the NCAA to make the decision that they did, I think showed the, the level of seriousness of this. Um, coming out of it, I think we need to do and be creative in, in any which way um, to, to, to bring sports back and to do it in a safe manner while we all continue to learn and matriculate through the, the progress that, that needs to happen. Um, I, I'm all in favor of, of going to different spots. And, and to Dario's point earlier, um, you, you got to allow the respect of these athletes to train. You know, these owners are craving the revenue stream. The fans are craving the competition. But to, to be respectful, I mean, um, the Greek freak in, in Milwaukee, he doesn't even have a, a home court at his house, you know. So he, he hasn't been getting shots up, essentially, like, like maybe some of these other, other players have. And he's potentially the MVP, MVP of the NBA this year. So I think we need to get back. We need to be respectful to the athletes' bodies and, and the professionalism that they approach. Um, they're not just lacing it up and, and coming out there and playing a game. And um, I'm all in favor of Arizona, wherever we need to go. The NBA's put a plan out there for Las Vegas. And, and when you think about that, that makes a lot of sense because of the ability for Las Vegas to host major level events on in, in different venues and do so in a professional manner. Um, and, and going back to my, my earlier point before I kick it over to Dario, it's, I think this time has allowed us to really – reflect and be patient on the fact that we, we can leverage technology and give people access even more than we already were. And, and that's going to be the fun part for all of us as fans coming out of this. Um, if we can all get over the, the short-term hurdles that are going to be in front of us with, with the distancing and, and the aspects associated with the virus. So um, I'm excited for it to get back. Well, thanks, Steve. That's really good. Um, all right, Dario, what, what are your thoughts on that? Same two questions in terms of did sports have to be stopped? And two, your thoughts on some of the league's proposals. Well, I think mean, proposals may be a strong word, but some of the ideas that have come out of some of the leagues and players associations about um, sports coming back. Yeah, and, and I'm in agreement with, you know, um, with Dean and, you know, like we, we were both in shock in uh, all three of us when we were in Vegas. We wanted, to, we wanted to see the games go on. You know, we were there to see UCLA um in the Pac-12 tournament we, we you know it was, a, it was a good opportunity for them to to win the tournament we were excited about that so it came as a shock when that happened and um you know at first we were kind of thinking like wait a minute what, why are they canceling sports right like it's not it's it's not as big as as we think it is and then little by little the more information we got um we realized you know this is this is a correct thing so uh, yeah at the end of the day the, the leagues and teams did the, did the right thing um, they thought of the safety of the players and sometimes as fans or, or, or from the outside looking in, you kind of see these players as the, these robots and, and these mythical figures, but at the end of the day, they're real people. And, you know, like Rudy, when it hit Rudy Gobert, I think that kind of, kind of hit home for everybody. So they did the right thing. Um, you know, it, it happened to be kind of at a time where um, it was an NCAA tournament, the NBA was in full swing, major league baseball is getting ready. MLS just had a few games. So it, it, was, it was a big shock, but um, the right thing to do. Now, moving forward, I, I've seen some theories, and, and I've seen this in, in, in other countries. I, I think in Asia, they're starting to do this, where they're having um, matches, uh, empty stadiums, or they're kind of 
putting teams in, in pockets of city cities. And kind of what they're doing is empty stadiums. And all you do is you see the same teams and, and players throughout, you know, however long this takes. So um, I, I think that that'll happen where um, maybe like major league baseball, they'll go to one city or, or one state and keep the players and um, everybody isolated and then little by little kind of um, grow it from there. And then, you know, kind of one of the things I see as well is um, stadiums, right? Are they going to let, you know, the stadiums be free for all and, and pack the stadium? Or is it going to be like, hey, um, in September, October, we're only going to allow suites and 2,000 people in, in the grandstand and, and grow it from there. So that'll be interesting to see how um, these stadiums either um, how they allow people in, whether it's like gradual or it's, hey, it's, it's, it's open gates. Let's just uh, be careful about it. Okay. Well, that's good feedback. Um, and, and I think solid, uh, solid advice and, and input from both you guys. And then, uh, Deaton, did you have a question for, for Dario? Yeah, no, I actually for both you guys, and it, it, it popped in my head, Jeremy, you, you asked a really targeted question about how, how we feel it's going to impact, you know, future sports. And I talked about the, the, the venue side and Dario dove into the athlete side. I, I got a question, I guess, legally to you, Jeremy, and then and then Dario, you know, a brand representative at Herbalife Nutrition. I mean, how how is this going to impact? I mean, we just lost a a, a bulk of every season. I mean, for for those athletes that are under agreement with certain brands and they're 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 scheduled to endorse these brands, or or Dario, in your case, the LA Galaxy that that wear that Herbalife name on their chest on their jersey um, so iconically. Um, how, how does the shortening of the season, the stoppage of a season affect contract talks and actual legal negotiations between athletes and brands? And, and how does it affect you, Dario? And, you know, you see both sides, you see the, you know, the, the athlete representation side, but you also see the brand side and you want to get your name out there as much as you possibly can. And you just got shorted a bunch of games, you know, um, I, I'd be interested to hear, and I'm sure the listeners were as well, would as well. Like how does that affect, you know, the, the new world we're in now, I mean, there, there, it's got to be a never-ending uh, well in terms of, of where this could go, right? No, for sure. Dario, you want to start us off? Yeah. So, look, you know, like you said, it, it's, a, it's a big impact on, on these um, teams and athletes when there's, when there's no games. Fortunately, on, on the athlete side, we're able to get around it where, you know, for me, it's actually been, you know, it, it's actually been a blessing to – maybe not have these athletes playing right now where I have a chance to get to know them. We get to know them on a personal level right now, see what they're doing at home. Um, us being a, a nutrition company, um, you know, we're right there beside them when they're working out, they're, they're, they're staying healthy during this time. So kind of, kind of what we're trying to do, and it goes on, on the team side as well, is trying to get value um, out of the time right now. So whether that's creating different content, um, doing these, getting to know our teams and athletes better, working on plans for the future. Um, that, that's kind of what we're trying to do right now. So, you know, definitely trying to create content. And I think the teams and athletes are realizing that to, to, their, to their sponsors and that, hey, I need to create, I need, I need to be doing something. I need to be creating some content. So on, on that side, that, that's kind of what we'll be doing. Um, on the team side and, and kind of how, the, how these contracts are, are, are laid out, um, that's a tough question. Yeah, I'll leave that up to, to Jeremy to answer, but you know, that's kind of something that, that we're, you know, both teams and, and brands are, are looking at, you know, not many, when you go into an agreement, um, you don't say, you don't, you don't really say, Hey, a uh, full season has to happen or, or X amount of games 
has to happen because, you know, it's something that never hardly has ever happened. So, um, you know, that's kind of, I think, new for everyone. Um, and then on the athlete side, look, I, I think um, you have to, you have to get content for them. You have to figure out how to get that extra value right now. You can't just sit around and, and, and wait for the season to start. Uh, really good points. And, and I appreciate the question, Deaton. And I would sort of mention, I guess, three points. One is sort of looking at force majeure, which is a topic that uh, we've all become very familiar with in this time. And it's really sort of this idea that normally like an act of God would prevent something from happening, right? And there's this idea of sort of impossibility and practicability um, in, in any sort of contract. And I think anytime uh, you have sports leagues or athletes or, you know, and you have those two folks coming together from the league side, team side, and union side, you're going to have um, situations where people are going to want their contracts fulfilled. Now, of course, there's been a lot of forgiveness going on with this, uh, with COVID-19 in terms of, you know, the Players Association agreed to um, all kinds of concessions in terms of, um, you know, shortening the season and, um, and ultimately when that comes back, and then of course you've had a lot of these players sign up for esports and getting into that as Dario was talking about, you know, utilizing this time to produce content, but it, it is going to be interesting. You know, I, I saw an article recently and it's a thought that I've had is, you know, the Dodgers traded for Mookie Betts, right? And and if things go as, as Mayor Garcetti and, and Governor Newsom have talked about, you know, going till 2021, it may turn out that Betts never sees the Dodger uniform other than the few games he played in spring training. And I think ultimately with the way Major League Baseball set it up was that regardless of if games are played, this counts as a season. And that counts for player time in terms of minor league guys and, and working towards, you know, free agency, but also counts towards guys who are going to be free agents. And this is their last year uh, under, under contract. So it, these are all fascinating things. And, uh, and frankly, I'm, I'm with both of you guys. I hope sports gets back sooner than rather than later. I think it's good for the morale of the country, but I also think it's good, uh, you know, frankly, and maybe more selfishly for our pocketbooks. And, and in terms of the companies that we work for, right? So. And Jeremy, what about those guys that were free agents, you know, still hadn't signed, but they're kind of out of luck, right? Oh yeah. I mean, how about those guys? Yeah. Cause they're not playing at all. And, and of course you look, it's funny. I was talking about this with the general counsel of USA track and field last week on the podcast. And he was saying that, you know, these Olympic athletes, people forget about how much training goes in yeah. and not just the training, but the mental side of it. Yeah. And how do you get those guys prepped again? So uh, it's, it's crazy. And even when you're talking about bringing sports back, some of it is fear. And I think some of it, you're going to have to overcome that fear. But I think also it's going to be, how do you protect? And what is essential personnel? Is it the camera crew? Um, you know, it's, how does that work? Is it the coaches? So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, any final thoughts from you guys before we close out the show? Maybe Dario, then you, Deedon, close us out. No, th thanks, Jeremy, and, and thanks for for having me on. Uh, interesting times we're 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 living in. You know, kind of maybe what we talked about today is not going to be relevant in in one month or two months. Something's going to be completely different. So 
kind of looking forward to, to tracking what happens and, you know, having this discussion again in about a month or two. For sure. How about you, Dean? Yeah, and no, I really appreciate it, Jeremy, Dario. Good, good to get together again. I, I can't wait until uh, we can hit up one of our restaurants in town and, and really catch up. Truly, uh, there's, a, there's a lot to catch up on in person. But you know, I, I think it's important that, that we, you know, overreaction has been so prevalent in the last month in, in society. And, and not to, to sound uh, disheartening or, or take it any less seriously, but you know, this, this isn't an unprecedented situation. I, I watched a video from Simon Siddick uh, last week, and, and it was a really good video that talked about um, that this is not an unprecedented situation. Society and business and the economy has been through this time and time again. And, you know, it, it, it really inspired organizations, inspired me as a listener to that video like this is a great time for us to reinvent ourselves a little bit, to, to, to make progress, to re-engineer our network, re-engineer our mindset, re-engineer our, our business operations, how we approach things and handle things. And, and if anything, it's taught us patience again. And, and that's always been a virtue, but with these, these darn devices in our hands and in front of us all the time, I think we lose, lose fact in the matter that it's okay to not be so immediate on, on things um, all the time. And, I think if we can maintain that patience and understand that, that you can't come out of this as the same organization as you were two months ago, then we're all going to be okay. And, and we, got, we need to maintain that patience so that we can, uh, you know, continue to, to solve these problems. Because just because sports and live events and the gates of the Rose Bowl are back open and the Galaxy are back on the field doesn't mean that this issue is going away. I mean, we all have a lot of work to do and a lot of things to analyze. And, you know, a lot of us probably aren't going to be right on the first try uh, coming out of this thing. So, um, I look forward to watching uh, how everybody moves through it and Jeremy listening to, to what you have to say about it week over week. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, going through the challenge with everybody. Oh, thanks, Dean. Thanks, Dario. It's been awesome. And then that video for the listeners out there is uh, it's on YouTube. And I think the title of the video is something like these are not unprecedented times. It's a great six minute video of a Zoom call with a CEO and his employees. There was another great article that actually the three of us had shared in a text message group with each other uh, regarding um, uh, the CEO of Zappos Shoes. And he was talking about, he's very active on LinkedIn and he had this great article about the five things CEOs need to do to um, change with the times and, and sort of in that similar vein. But um, that's it for this episode, episode 16. Today is April 20th. 2020. Hope you all have a great week. Again, this was uh, Deedon Brozino with the Rose Bowl and our, our dear friend Dario Soto, uh, sports uh, branding pro uh, professional. And um, we'll look forward to being back with you next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.